Hello, this is Christy Bates of Oxford, Mississippi, welcoming you to this episode of the Deep South Dharma Podcast. This episode is being released on Sunday, April 19th, 2020, and is called The Inner Critic is Not Self. If you're like a lot of folks right now, you may not be protesting in the streets, but there is something in you seeking to assert control in the face of extended uncertainty. That's what this talk is about. Before we get to it, the only thing I want to mention is that uh, most of you know that I have a counseling practice. That's for folks in Tennessee and Mississippi who need counseling, but I also offer spiritual direction. And what I want to offer during this time, um, which is in addition to the usual 30-minute or one-hour options, is I want to offer um, 15-minute sessions with me um, that would allow you to, um, to whether it's to check in with me, to um, ask for ask questions or ask for resources, um, or to just have me provide some meditation guidance so that we work together in that for 15 minutes. And I want to offer that just on a donation basis. So um, whereas the 30 minute and, and one hour have a, a particular price structure, the 15 minute offering is just something that I want to make available to people at whatever level you can do right now or, or would like to do right now. So um, you can uh, message me here if you want more information about that, or you can go to the Positive Counseling and Direction website, which is p-a-s-s-a-t-i-counseling.com, and, um, and just follow up with me and, and let me know what you might need. All right. That being said, we'll get to our topic. Our topic today is the inner critic is not self. I mentioned to some of you who met with me on Wednesday for midweek meditation that this topic had been coming up in myself and lots of people that I've been talking to earlier in the week. We did some compassion meditation this past Wednesday to address that, but I also had promised to develop the topic a little more fully in this week's episode. So the longer that so many in the world are so acutely aware of this sense of powerlessness over medical issues, over economic issues, over what governments do and don't do, 
One of the things that you may find happening is an increase in what in Buddhist terms we politely call aversion, but you may be experiencing anger coming out in a number of ways. Now, in the news, we've seen some of that come out in terms of protesters sort of externalizing that anger, externalizing um, and, and directing the anger toward safety measures, which is, and the, and the people uh, putting forth safety measures, which is an easier place to externalize anger than at this sort of nebulous, microscopic virus. But even if you are not one of the protesters in the news, you may find your own protest happening that is internalized, where the discomfort and deflection from the topic is focused on criticism toward yourself. So one of the things that's important to know is that whether we are yelling at other people or internally yelling at ourselves in our own minds, that underneath this apparent uh, search for control, and even maybe sometimes it may look like the only purpose is to cause hurt, really important to know that even the most virulent self-critical voice has underneath it this idea that somehow this criticism is going to help. Um, It is an effort to help. It is an effort to, some of us developed this sort of self-critical voice in an effort not to be abandoned um, to, you know, as if, if we could just get our act together well enough then we would be worthy of not being abandoned. And of course, many, many people in our culture right now are feeling abandoned. And even those of us who are experiencing a sense of, um, if not security exactly, but even those of us experiencing relative privilege compared to others may find that we are sort of having this empathetic um, sense of abandonment. This, and, and in fact, having to uh, having some extra time to be in touch with the feeling life that is going on, as I've mentioned in earlier episodes, in some form or another, it's sort of that's that maybe if you're home more right now, working less loose time trying to fill some of that some of that time is well used in meeting your emotional life because your emotional life is also involved in metabolizing the experience that is affecting all of our life all of all of our human race now um of course it's not only anger that comes up in this way, right? Fear comes up in this way. Grief and sorrow come up in this way. But 
what we're talking about this week is how for many of us, feelings of anger, grief, loss, fear, all of those become sort of funneled into this self-critical voice. I have seen and heard that even in people who are, for instance, I'm just using this as one example, people who are actually getting quite a bit done have a voice in their heads telling them they should be able to do more or that they should be doing more. Um, I know (laughs) earlier this week, a thought that bubbled up in my head was sort of a a thought of uh, self-attack over the fact that I had not gone into some sort of, you know, (laughs) medical or governmental field, you know, as if, as if I could somehow be in there and, and uh, be accomplishing something that somebody else isn't already doing right now. So what helps, what helps us be aware? Well, Let me say, what helps us in relating to that critical voice is, first of all, to be aware of it as a critical voice, right? So that that example from my own experience was, was ridiculous enough to catch my attention. And that's a blessing when, when that occurs, Um, when, when a self-critical thought is so far in left field that it catches our attention, that can actually flag us um, to make us more aware that that critical voice is operating. The problem is that very often the critical voice can sound very reasonable to us. Now, it may be that if anybody else heard what was going on inside of your head, they would see that it's not reasonable. But typically the things that we have running through our minds, we feel so at home with it, we don't realize that this is actually not a representation of authentic self and what this life is asking for right now, but rather it's this coping mechanism, this defense mechanism. So when we have something outlandish catch our attention, that's great, but that's just the beginning. And if you find yourself being critical over what you're getting done or not getting done or the way that you're going about it, I really want to encourage you to increase your awareness of your physical experience of your life right now. I'm going to share in a moment um, a couple, just a a couple of brief paragraphs of um, teachings of the Buddha on the importance of mindfulness of the body. But something I want to mention is that mindfulness of the body certainly is increased over time through regular meditation practice, regular breath awareness for some people through regular movement practices such as yoga or dance. Many of us, though, find that it is really useful um, to add journaling to our practice, particularly journaling that is open-ended, that doesn't have any other agenda 
than allowing us to observe our own thinking. Because in writing down what's going on in the mind, it forces us to slow down those thoughts enough to to sort of hear what they're saying to us. You know, that critical inner voice has a very adolescent quality to it. And adolescent or pre-adolescent in some cases. And, um, and so there's a little bit of a sense of uh, one of my meditation teachers uh, speak sometimes of, of sometimes writing can be a way of sort of like taking the mind by the shoulders and saying, wait a second, what are you saying to me? Um, so it, which has that, that also not only does the critical voice have that flavor of an adolescent, uh, but that sense of like, wait, I need, what, what, what are you saying? Uh, can very much have that flavor of interacting with an adolescent sometimes. But just like, uh, in interacting with a live adolescent, the thing that is needed is a sense of awareness, attention, connection, boundaries where appropriate. And of course, with this negative critical voice, um, it's the boundaries, we tend to have the desire to shut it down um, and to ignore it and to turn away from it or to try to grapple with it and turn it into something else. And what I'm really challenging you to do this week is just to attend to it, but also to recognize it is a frightened child. It it may be an older child, but it is a frightened child. And it's very hard to recognize that sometimes when that the voice of that frightened child has been used as the driver for a lot of your accomplishments or a lot of your um, survival. So this is just a, you know, in so many ways that this is a challenging time for people, this is is right up there on par with some of the most challenging aspects of this, our, our relationship to our own mind and the recognition that this critical voice may mean well, and it really is valuable to recognize that, but it should not be allowed to run the show. So taking a moment to um, share these paragraphs that I promised you. So this is um, the Buddha talking about the value of mindfulness of the body. Because when anyone has not developed and cultivated mindfulness of the body, Mara finds an opportunity and a support in him. So pause there. Mara in the Buddhist scripture, in Buddhist literature, in Buddhist folklore, Mara is the representation of the negative forces of the mind. When anyone has not developed and cultivated mindfulness of the body, mindfulness, uh, Mara, finds an opportunity and a support in him. Suppose a man were to throw a heavy stone ball upon a mound of wet clay. What do you think? Would that heavy ball find entry into that 
mound of wet clay? So too, when anyone has not developed and cultivated mindfulness of the body, Mara finds an opportunity and a support in him. And then later he says, when anyone has developed and cultivated mindfulness of the body, or has developed and cultivated mindfulness of the body, Mara cannot find an opportunity or a support in him. Suppose a man were to throw a light ball of string at a door panel made entirely of heartwood. What do you think? Would that light ball of string find entry through that door panel made entirely of heartwood? No. So too, when anyone has developed and cultivated mindfulness of the body, Mara cannot find an opportunity or a support in him. So in this case, we're talking about not finding a support for the claims or assertions of Mara. We're looking to create a sense of clarity and a sense of security, inner security, that allows us to recognize when something that is not self sort of is beating at the door of self, so to speak, to recognize that it, it doesn't have to do any more to us than a ball of string. Um, and as long as I'm making the reference to adolescence here, let me just mention, since a great many people are sheltered in place with adolescence at this time, one of the things that is the most powerful and most helpful for dealing with the critical voice in your own mind is no different than dealing with an actual physical adolescent in your home, which is when that voice, when the voice of that adolescent, the voice of that critical critical part turns ugly, if you can hear that as a reflection of the pain that that child is in or the pain or fear or whatever level of distress that that part of you is in or that part of your family is in, then it becomes like a ball of string. It doesn't mean that you ignore it. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying those those wor- words or thoughts that are being hurled against you are like a ball of string because you can see that they, they are not about you. Um, so I just want to encourage you as you are going through this ongoing um, adjustment that we're all facing. You know, we're, it's, we're, it's constant adjusting and readjusting with different information, different expectations, different analyses of different things happening every day. Really important to recognize that there is that part of us that wants to try to grab control of the situation. Um, and and for, for many of us, that desire to grab control to avoid the discomfort of uncertainty comes at us in this critical voice. And if we can sit with the experience of uncertainty in the body, then we are more likely to hear that voice for what it is and not be bullied by it.
Let's just give ourselves a minute to let that settle. just a reminder that by design, this podcast is not run off of commercial support. If you would like to be a sponsor of our podcast, you can do so by visiting anchor.fm slash deep south dharma and follow the instructions there. And if you're in the Oxford, Mississippi, North Mississippi area, please know you're always welcome to join us at the Oxford Practice Group on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Central Time. Information about that is at deepsouthdharma.org. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Deep South Dharma podcast. We hope you'll feel welcome to share this with anyone you think would find it useful. And as always, feel free to message us your feedback, questions, or topics of interest. Until we meet again, take good care of this body, mind, and heart.